Today on the line with us is Prairie View A&M assistant coach Bubba McDowell. But if you're like me, you remember him from his days as an all-pro with the Oilers and that national championship with the Miami Hurricanes. Hey, Bubba, thanks for joining us. And while there's got to be a lot of buzz on the Prairie View A&M campus coming off an 8-2 season with a brand-new football stadium this year and an opener against that other A&M team, the Aggies. There's a lot of buzz going on right now. We get we got the new facility, and just like you said, after a great season last year, Coach Simmons came in, and um, you know, and uh, we've always had the talent, you know, and to see a coach come in and uh, convince these guys to believe that uh, they can go out and do, you know, what their talent call, you know, calls them to do or calls for them to do was really remarkable. Just a testament of kids just buying into a system and and seeing good things happen. And, of course, with the new facility going up right now, we're almost done. And and we uh, open up the season. We actually open up the season with Texas Southern, Labor Day Classic, Then we have A&M the second game up there. You guys really looking forward to that, or is there a lot of a lot of people talking around campus about that uh, Texas A&M game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we're, we're definitely looking forward to it. You know, the whole lot of talk, you know, SEC, you know, you know with a swag team coming up there. You know, and of course, they got a lot to prove. They didn't have such a great season last year. They had a lot of changes. So, yeah, they're going to come out, you know, and, and try to be that, you know, top-notch SEC team, SEC team that uh, that they are or should be, or people are hoping that they would be. And, you know, and to have us come up there and um, compete with them, it'll, it'll also give us a good chance to see where we are and, and plus give those kids a chance to compete with some of the best athletes. You're coaching now. You played against uh, or played with some of the some of the real iconic coaches. Which coach or coaches do you find yourself barring from the most as a coach now yourself? Oh, no doubt, Nick Saban. Because uh, my first two years there, uh, I had Nick as my uh, defensive back coach. You know, along with uh, Chris Dishman and Richard Johnson, Steve Brown. So those guys all taught me the ropes, you know, but Nick, you know, he, he kind of went to bat for me a couple of times, you know, with Jerry Glanville wanted to sit me down as a rookie, you know, because I, <laughs> you know, I was doing my own thing, not what the defense called, you know, what I was supposed to do as far as the defense. You know, a couple of times uh, I would do, I was supposed to be on a blitz and what we call a blitz kill, meaning if that back flare, I was supposed to get it, but, you know, me being, uh, I, that's how I kind of got the, the nickname Blitz and Bubba because I would never come off that blitz. I would just steady go to the quarterback, you know. <laughs> and they they kind of saved my butt a couple of times, you know. And you know, like he told Jerry, he said, Jerry, just keep him in there, just keep him in there. You know, I guarantee he's gonna make some plays, you know. And sure enough, each time he's done that, he told me uh, the story. He said, you know, you end up making plays out there, causing fumbles or getting interceptions. So that kind of saved your butt. But you, you know, you. You got to get to the point where, you know, you got to get this defense down as a rookie. People forget that Saban was on that Oilers staff. Did he, are you surprised at what he's become, knowing him? What what made him so special when you when you uh, were playing for him? Well, Nick, Nick is the type of a coach that, you know, he, he he's very, very kind of standoffish, you know, but he, cause he's, he's, what he is, he, he, loves, he loves what he do. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about that. And he wants to make sure that, whatever he's teaching to the athletes that they will be able to apply it uh, to the best of their ability. And sure enough, you know, and you can see that because I, I knew he was going to make a uh, great, great college coach. And I've always said that I didn't think he was going to make, you know, even when he left the Oilers, uh, then he went to Miami, you know, a couple of pro teams. I didn't think he would be, you know, one of those great uh, NFL coaches because of uh, relationship with, with grown men, and he just he just never had that great relationship with with, with uh, athletes and in, in, uh, on the uh, high level. 
I got to ask you about Buddy Ryan because, you know, he just passed away. Two of my favorite documentaries over the last five years were ESPN's 30 for 30 on the Bears, yeah. the 85 team, and, and that was fantastic on Buddy. And then you had the NFL Network's A Football Life on the 93 Oilers, which I saw you were yeah. in. You were so much a part of that 93 team, which centered around Coach Ryan and everything that was going on. What was it like to play for him? Oh man, it was it was a blast. I tell you, you know, just you know, something you know, it's like playing for your dad. You know, like you, you know, you got to you, you have a father. Kid have a father, and the father's out there watching you, and you don't want to disappoint him. You know, he was that kind of guy. You know, he was a player's coach. There's a lot of guys use that term in the league as player coach, and when you have those type of coaches, you know, players give they all for them. And man, you know, and, and I know a lot of people think that. He was uh, about all business, but he he did you no know, joke around quite a bit, you know. But at the end of the day, if you're not doing what you're supposed to do concerning that four six uh, defense, oh man, he will get on you. He don't care who you are. You know, I remember specifically we was at practice one day, uh, getting out of meetings, and we went to, we were going to do a short walk through, and we had the blitz on, and Sean Jones, I was supposed to go through the big out on my blitz and Sean Jones actually went through the B gap. So I said, okay, well, I'm going to be an athlete. So I just, you know, and made an adjustment and went out, went outside of Sean Jones. Oh man, he ripped me apart. You know, then when he, you know, when he gets mad at you, you know, he, he calls you by that name or the number, you know, get 25, get his brain blank out of there. And I'm like, buddy, I just, that wasn't me. That was Sean Jones. Sean went the wrong guy. I don't care. Get him out of there. 23 and I was blaming Bishop. He said, get in there. Get him out of there. So, you know, I got out, you know, and then we finished the walkthrough. And sure enough, no, I can't let this go. So I was going into the building. And the coach went to a uh, coaching meeting, and I said, no, I can't let you go. I got to let him know that was not my fault. So I was knocking on the door, walking. I was like, buddy, but that was not my fault. He said, I understand. He said, no, we good? I said, yes, sir. All right, let's go get ready for practice. And that was it. Do you remember much about the, the, the punch? Were you anywhere close to all of that action oh, on the sideline? <laughs> yeah, well, I was very close. I was very close. I was, I was hurt that week. I just got hurt, and I was kind of nursing an injury that that week, and I was supposed to play the next game, so they wanted to sit me out another uh, another week. It all escalated like when the week that I got hurt, we were going in halftime. It was like a minute or something left. We had got the ball back to the offense, and Buddy thinking, you know, he, he really didn't like that offense, you know, Chuck and Doug, Hollywood, whatever he called it. He didn't like it at all. And it was like a minute, probably a minute and 10, something like that. We got the ball back thinking that offense was going, going to uh, sit on the ball, going to halftime. And sure enough, they threw, the, threw an interception like, I mean, like third play of that of that series, of, of that first series after we got the ball back. Oh, man, he was mad. Sure enough, then we got we went back in there, boom. That's when I got hurt, tore my knee up, meniscus um, at that point. And then it was like even that week later, you know, it wasn't bad. Like I said, it, I could have came back the following week, but they wanted to make sure everything was okay, so we was going to sit out the following week. And sure enough, that game, exact same situation, you know, but then got the ball back, and sure enough, often turned the ball over again with, with like a minute or something left in the game. And, oh, man, that's, that's when and then Marcus Robinson and the other safety ended up getting hurt. And that's when it hit the fan. And I was standing right there, and I, and all of a sudden, I just saw a punch come across, and then all of a sudden, I uh, then right behind there, I saw Curtis Duncan come, you know, trying to break it up, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, D- Duncan got in. I think was it Jeffries? Was he also in that? It, 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 he might have been the one that stopped uh, Gilbride from 
from actually uh, doing some damage because Gilbride was bigger than Buddy, right? He was a little bit bigger. Oh man, yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely was. Yeah, I, I think if Haywood had to jump in there, because I remember, if I remember correctly, I, I know when Curtis first jumped in there, Duncan, but he had kind of holding Buddy back a little bit, and that's when Haywood kind of jumped and then grabbed uh, Kevin Gilbride. What was it like to to relive that whole year with the '93 documentary? Because it, it just seemed like a surreal year to be a part of. What was it like to see it all happen all over again? Still, you no know, disbelief. You know that you know the team that we had that year. I mean, easily you know Super Bowl contender, and uh, the season that we had, we we could have easily you know uh, been playing for a Super Bowl ring or a championship and. Man, and just to see it happen all again, it just makes you wonder, man. Like, you know, I like golly. I mean, I could have at least had two rings on my hand, you know, with the athletes. That, you know, just looking at the document again, just looking at all the athletes that we had on there. I mean, I, and I'm saying athletes, and I mean good athletes. You know, like I said, good enough to where well, we should have had at least two championship uh, Super Bowl rings on our fingers. Yeah, there's tons of pro bowlers, but there were some all-time characters. Who who was your favorite? Which guy made you made going to practice kind of fun every day? Oh no, well no doubt, that's Spencer Tillman. You know, Spencer was. I mean, he can he can emulate. He can he can copy pretty much everybody's voice, and he was good with Jerry. You know, mimicking Jerry. That guy was a character, and he kind of kept it. You kept it fun and live around, you know, around practice time, man. Because you, you just never know when he may step up, you know, step out and do something. He'll do players as well. He'll do Doug Smith, you know. Doug was always talking, but you can never understand what he was saying, you know. Just just to hear Spencer say it and do it, man, it is a it is classic. You had Childress, Sean Jones, William Fuller, Al Smith, Wilbur Marshall. Dishman, you mentioned the list goes on and on. Who was the most oh, talented no. from that loaded defense? Who just flat out would surprise you with what he could do on the field? I would say probably the most was Dish. Knowing Dish when I came in, he came from Purdue. I what I didn't know that he was a true man-to-man guy coming out of college. You know, I'm like, what you mean true man-to-man? He said that's all we did was man-to-man. And I'm like, wow. I said, okay, y'all never did. He said, Man, we we rarely did any. He always say I did. Like that, you know, and I'm like, wow. But then just to see him do things out there, he can, again, he can cover anybody. He doesn't look that fast, but then he never, nobody ever run by him. And I'm thinking because he had such a long stride, you know, and again, I always heard that he can run. And like, and we had guys on that team that can flat out run, even from, I mean, from Dish all the way to Lamar, who can run with the best of the wide receivers, you know. So it, he was by far, and granted, he wasn't a great tackler. You know, but he, I mean, as far as covering true man to man skill and set you down. And the, the the thing I loved about him, which I tried to get to, a lot of guys tried to get me to get to that point. Of, oh, man, if you go out there and talk some noise, man, don't be, be more vocal out on the field, man. You you will be in no Pro Bowl, first, you know, first pick of the Pro Bowl like that. You can't have all these numbers, man, and then keep getting looked by. He said, you got to show some excitement out there on the field, man. I could never do it. But, boy, if, if anybody could do that, that was Chris Dixon. Boy, he, he could get it to your head really quick. Which quarterback from your era did you least like to play? Least like to play? I would say probably Boomer. And Boomer side, I mean, every time we played them since we it was uh, we we always had problems with him. So for whatever reason, when he was in there, they they pretty, they pretty much had our numbers except for that one year. You know, just to see him sit back there and and swing that ball the left the way he did was, was crazy. But yeah, he was probably the least one that I that I uh, will hate to play against. 
Which of the wins with the Oilers was your favorite? What was your favorite win and, me- and memory from that from that time period? The uh, Cleveland win. I thought, it was, I thought it was Cleveland. We played on Monday night uh, football. Cleveland, Cincinnati. We played Monday night football. That was my uh, first interception touchdown, pick six uh, for a touchdown, and kind of tight roll, tight roping on the sideline. Sean Jones put the pressure on the QB, and he kind of threw the ball in a hurry. And I was sitting out there in the flat, and I caught a kind of tight rope. On the sideline, then I caught, caught my balance, stopped enough to gather my balance, and then ran it in for like 26 yards for the touchdown. Let me get your loss that from the Oilers days that stings the most to, of all of those losses. Uh, which one? Which one? <laughs> which one sticks in your craw the most? Probably, you know which one. That was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, without a doubt, without a doubt, the, the greatest comeback in, in uh, sports history. You know, because uh, again, you know that game. You know, and it's, it's so hard to explain to people. You know, like when people ask you what happened, and know, uh, I mean, heck, heck, half the time I don't even know what happened because that second half. I mean, it was like, I mean, honestly, you look back on Robert, it was like a blur. I mean, cause things were happening. And I tell my players, that, you know, because they're sitting on the documentary, like, man. I just saw y'all was a part of the greatest comeback history in sports history. I said, yeah, that, that, I was part of that deal. I said, you know, I had the last touchdown there uh, to get us up you know, to, to a, a real big, comfortable lead. I said, but that second half, man, I said, it was just like a bird. I mean, it was like it was like a trickle-down effect, like nothing was working. Then you go back and look at it, you're like, God damn, man, now why were we out of place here? Why were we out of place here? You know, and I, I mean, I looked at a couple of uh, plays where I could have easily had about two more interceptions. You start questioning, like, golly, why did I, why did I do that? Why did I try not to hit, you know, hit the tight end instead of just running through the tight end and, and getting the interception? That interception, you know, it plays in my mind like that could have been, you know, the dagger right there because I could have. When I say easily. Had two other interceptions, I could have easily, but playing cautious and didn't make it, you know, it put us in a bind where, you know, as, you, as, you, as everybody know, you know, what the game ended up at. And it was happening so fast, it was, it was crazy. Like, you know, we just we couldn't even catch our breath and then to even stop what was going on. I thought you were going to say Buffalo, but, you know, the, the, the Chiefs loss, you know, you guys were just so talented that year and you had a, you had won 11 straight going into that game. And I just remember Joe Montana looked like his arm was taped together with duct tape and, and bailing wire or something like that. So yeah, I, yeah, that, yeah. that was a tough one, too, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. I mean, the reason why it was, that was a tough one, but I, and I guess because you know, again, like you said, again, we we that year coming off that season that we had started with the you know, first four four games, you know, not winning, then come back and do what we did, uh, you know, uh, eleven straight. You can't even fathom a team doing that, you know, eleven straight uh, games like that, you know. And I remember vividly, I had a like a kill shot on him, and I, I truly believe had I hit him, man, he would he would have been gone, he would have been out. We had a, a safety blitz. And I went in, and I'm thinking he didn't see me. And I'm coming from his left side now. I'm coming from his left side, which was to the field. It was on the hash, and was coming from the field. I was coming from the field. And Robert, I don't know how he saw me, but he stepped up at the last minute. And I, and of course, I wasn't expecting. I was expecting to just knock him out at that point. And sure enough, when he stepped up, I reached out with my left arm. I hit him on the shoulder. And he kind of turned the shoulder a little bit. And, man, my whole pec muscle just ripped apart right there at that particular time. 
And I didn't know what it was at the time until I got on the sideline. They told me what it was, and I ended up trying to play out the first two series of the second half with my left arm tied down. And then I, I just couldn't do it anymore. And they, they took me out and, and come blame Bishop. But, yeah, we, we, we should have had that. But just to see him nail that ball in when Chris Dishman was uh, covering Willie Davis, I honestly to this day still don't understand how that ball got past Chris. Because Chris was like, he was right on top of Willie. And, again, I don't know how the ball got inside Chris for Willie to catch it. You know, I was working at uh, the CBS in Memphis in 2000, as luck would have it. I, I grew up an Oilers fan and was an Oilers fan through all the all the tough times. And I end up covering the Titans in the Super Bowl in 2000. But wow. in, in yeah. the, the AFC championship game, I, I got to ask you this, Bubba, because they win uh, against Jacksonville. I'm on the field and I go up to Marcus Robertson and he grew up an Oilers fan. And, you know, he had played in Houston as well with the Oilers. And I said, what what does this feel like? And he said, well... You know, I, I just hope the people in Houston know this is for them, too. And it was just yeah. a surreal moment for me just to see the, them get there, finally reach the Super Bowl in a Titans un, uniform. And I just wondered, you know, what were you thinking as you're watching this whole thing play out? And I remember covering Bruce Matthews, and, and he just kept calling the Houston, Tennessee franchise. Do you remember watching all that unfo- <laughs> un, un, unfolding? Yeah, I did. And, and, and I was so glad and so ecstatic that they had got to that point. Because, again, it was and again it was not, not only, again, like God said, not only for uh, Tennessee, but uh, a lot of people still thought, you know, it was the Oilers team because a lot of guys that was, again, from from the Oilers, you know, moved to Tennessee. So a lot of people still classified them as, as uh, Houston Oilers, even though they wasn't here. And to see that happen for them, to be happy for them, you know, at that particular time was great. And uh, I mean, I wish I could have been a part of that, but I, I wasn't. But at the same time, I was so, so, so happy for them, uh, for the Oilers at that time. It's all it's all about the you. No, I'm not going to sing it. I can't. I can't. I can't sing it. But uh, I, I got to ask you about uh, Jimmy Johnson. You remember when uh, you first met him, and what was it like to get recruited by Jimmy Johnson? Well, actually, uh, I got recruited by Howard. Oh, you were in the Schnellenberger. Yeah, that's right. Uh huh. Yeah, the last the last year when he decided to go to the USFL deal, take that deal, and then that's when they brought Jimmy in. Your first year was under Johnson or under Schnellenberger? Was yes, sir. On the, on the Johnson, yes. yeah, on the Jimmy. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so Schnellenberger got you in. What, what do you remember about meeting J- Jimmy Johnson for the first time? Uh, I mean, I didn't know much about it, but as the years went on, and or well, not even the years really, but as as we got more into uh, summer practice and just trying to figure out what kind of coach you coach he was and me being young as I were I mean I know as a freshman I wasn't going to be playing but you know but I'm still practicing but as we got deeper and, and got to know him more and more very quickly very quickly he established you know hey you know what this is my team you know you're going to do what I need you to do or else you, you're going to be out of here we're probably and I tell guys this all the time we've probably had about even with the talent that we had there Robert, that was a lot of talent there in that era those days we probably had about a good 10 to 15 guys that either quit 
because of the regiment that uh, he instilled in us that, you know, he gave the team over to Jerome Brown and Alonzo Highsmith and those guys. And you know what, this is our team. This is what we're going to do. And if you're not a part of it, you need to make some other adjustments. And a lot of guys, a lot of guys did. A lot of guys ended up quitting and, you know, Jimmy ended up getting rid of some of them because they, they weren't doing what they're supposed to do. And again, he wasn't, he wasn't sad about it. You know, he was like, Hey, we 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 gotta make some adjustments. You gonna do it my way? I remember one one day we was killing Bernie, Benny, and Lonzo, Eddie Brown. All those we were killing them guys in practice. And this was our scout team. Man, you know you know how hot it is in Miami. And we I mean we were halfway through practice and Jimmy stopped practice, brought everybody over. These are freaking freshmen and sophomores, yada yada. And you guys are letting this, let this crap go on, you know. You, you know, you, Eddie Brown and Lonzo Highsmith, you know, Melvin Bratton, You guys are letting these guys do this, and we were shutting them down. And, I, and, and again, I have probably one of the best talent, talented class uh, coming in that year. And man, so I'm gonna tell you one thing: a lot of you think that it's a scholarship, a four-year renewal. Uh, uh, you got a scholarship for four years, but as long as I'm here, it's one year renewable. If you're not gonna do what I ask you to do and put forth the effort, you will be out of here so quickly. And man, sure enough, you know, and we started we started the whole practice over again. Now from that day forward, I mean, he kind of put the fear in a lot of guys, and probably right after that, we probably had about five to eight guys that he made examples of, and and for. Seeing for for other guys to see that happening, we know that he was very very serious. <laughs> you mentioned Jerome Brown. Tell me about him. What what was it like to play play with him? What do you remember most? Oh man, I mean he's a guy. He was funny. He he loved to joke around. He, he was a big kid, man. He he was a big kid and, and a grown man's body. You know, we used to do this deal. Um, um, these had an art show there every year in, in South Miami. You know, guys just go over there, you know, in our spare time, and we all just get all everybody, you know. He'll call everybody together, so we we rarely go anywhere by ourselves. So we we'll all just get together and get a group, two or three trucks, and then we we take off. And, and man, you know, and we kind of spread out in the whole area out there. But he would he would put together those type of things for the team. Very, 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 very in control of everything. And when you say a leader. He gonna be in control of everything, and that's what we loved about him. And he didn't do it in a bad way, and that's you know, and that's what guys respected about him. So what I truly remember about him is that and, and the love for fast cars, because you know that's how he and I migrated, you know, got together. Should I say, you know, because the love of cars, of speed, you know, he he kind of introduced me to him. We grew, I grew up with him, my dad and brother, but then to, to see him build these race cars that he built coming out that year and uh, I think it was the first year Grand National uh, Beer had that Grand National and he had one there and he used to always take me whenever we had a chance you know knowing that I love speed he used to take me for a ride in the Grand National 87 Buick man and it was trustworthy enough to let me even drive it sometimes so he was that type of guy yeah I love hearing the, the Jerome stories and I also want to ask you about Highsmith because you played with Alonzo in Miami and then with the Oilers I assume you guys have a have a long relationship it's a special relationship with you guys after playing that many years together oh we do and that, that's what I love about you know, and I think that has to do Robert with Jerome Brown, you know, the the Benny Pittsburgh, the Longo Highsmith, the Melvin Braden. All that closeness had to do with those guys. Because those guys instilled us, and you know what, we got to take care of each other. So Jimmy always told us, you know, hey, 
Don't worry about what's happening outside of this football team. Whatever goes on in this and within this family stays in this family, and that's what we did. And it was we couldn't have done that without those those guys I just mentioned. You know, Alonzo, he was very instrumental in me getting drafted here with uh, with Houston Oilers. You know, he'll tell you about it. You know, and they'll let him tell it. You know, hey man, you know, I I told him that you know they they called me and asked me, you know, what what the world I think about it because they say I wasn't fast enough. Jimmy Johnson passed him up when he had a chance to get him first pick of the second. Around Jimmy Johnson passed him up. So what, you know what is what, what what is that all about? You know, I will say, hey man, I, I I know he's a great player. I think y'all should uh, he'll be a great player. You know, I think you you guys won't go wrong with him. So he he was he was very instrumental in me uh, coming here uh, with the Oilers, and I and I thank him for it. You know, all the time we're like family because we we talk to each other even now that he's up in Green Bay. You know, he got me introduced uh, he introduced me to golf. So you know, I, I owe him for that as well. Even though I'm kicking his butt now, so. <laughs> Well, with the whole national championship that year, and I think it was 87 you guys won, would it have been as special if you hadn't gone through everything you went through the, the last year? I mean, it was a terrible to lose in the national championship game against Penn State, but do you feel like it was a little, know, bit, was a little bit more special, though, to, to win it that next year after going through all that? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think the reason why it was so special because we won it at home, and and we've had several times where we could have had the national championship title, you know, in, in our grasp. You know, we, we lost to Tennessee one year in the uh, Sugar Bowl. We were ranked pretty high that year. And if we hadn't won that game, we most likely would have won, got the national uh, title that year. But we went up there, got our bus tore up, got two up. And I think, I think it was my second, third year, uh, second year in Miami, we had UCLA in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, got a bus beat there and it was got out like hey you know what these guys ain't gonna win no they ain't gonna win unless they play at home that's when they play best and sure enough we, we were blessed to um come out the following year after the penn state year and play the way we play i mean we were having so much fun that year i mean it, i and just me i don't know about anybody else but i didn't realize we, we, we was undefeated at, at the time because we were having so much fun then to look at the ring have 12-0 on it and i'm like golly we were undefeated well, one last question for you. What do your players at Prairie View ask you about the most from your days at the University of Miami and with the Oilers? Is there a question or two that you get more than any other? Just how was it at, at the U as a team? You know, second most asked question, maybe the first, maybe number one, too, is like, you know, when they see the documentary, like, God, I mean, you guys were wild. Uh, uh, you guys were wild, huh, Coach? He <laughs> said, did all that happen? I said, yeah, man, it all happened. I said, well, you know, that's probably half of, you know, what happened down there. You know, that's, that's, that's all we can tell you guys. But the, said, one thing, you know, I tell you guys, I always try to tell you guys that at the end of the day, you know, we're for each other. We we, we had each other back, and, and that's what we believed in, and that's, that's the way we played the game, and that's why we were so successful. With the Oilers, they just – they just they just basically how how was the pro level compared to Miami, you know, because you know, they're like, Well, we y'all look at we look at Miami, you guys were basically a pro team and had that pro status. I said, Yeah, we did. I said, we sure did. I said, you just like that document said, you know, we were probably more popular than the Dolphins at the time. I said, That's very true. I said, But, you know, it, it was totally different, two different teams, two different times, you know, with the Oilers and Miami. If you can go back, which one would you go do right now? I like to do it. Any time, any day, I'm, I'm, I'm back in Miami.
But those years were so special, you know, because, again, we were just playing, again, not even worrying about, you know, if we go going to the league. We were just out there playing and having fun. And those documentaries got both of them right, you think, the two, the two documentaries on the Oilers and the Hurricanes? Oh, oh yes, sir. Without a doubt. I mean, it was, yeah, it was spot on with both of them. Hey, man, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for taking the time. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Anytime. Good luck to you guys at uh, Prairie View this year. Uh, Hope you guys have a fantastic season. Thank you, Robert. For more interviews, subscribe to Houston Sports Talk on iTunes, or if you're an Android user, download our free Houston Sports Talk app in the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher or the TuneIn app, and our website is HoustonSportsTalk.net.